have your Bible today, if you'd open up to Matthew's Gospel with me, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start reading in verse 16 in just a moment. Matthew 6, 16. In the last few weeks, we've been looking at what, uh, how, what Jesus says about doing our righteousness. And what I mean by that is Jesus is going to tell us how we as Christians should live a holy life. And he, he lays out the theme of his teaching uh, right at the beginning of chapter 6. And, and, and his basic teaching is this. Don't do the things that you do to be seen by men. Don't do it to get men's applause. Don't get, do it to get their attention. And then he applies that, uh, that idea to three areas of life. Almsgiving, which is helping out the poor. Prayer, which we talked about uh, the last couple of weeks with the Lord's Prayer and different things. And then today's topic is fasting. Now, in many ways, this is kind of like the uh, same song, different verse. Jesus tells us that when we fast, like all these other things, we should be doing it secretly. Now, just as he said in, in the other parts of his te- as he does in the other parts of his teaching, he lays out the wrong way to fast, the wrong way to do it, and then he lays out the right way. So if you have uh, Matthew chapter 6 found in your Bibles, if you'd stand in the honor of God's Word, we'll begin reading in verse 16. He says, Whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Thank you. May be seated. Now, Jesus starts out by moving from prayer to fasting. And we read several times in the Bible about fasting. This should not be a a new word to us. But the thing is, the way that they fasted back then, and as often as they did, is not the same way as it is today. And especially if uh, if you've grown up in a Protestant church, uh, you know, like in in the Catholic church and stuff like that, um, they have more of a focus on fasting and giving things up during certain seasons of the year. Whereas in the Baptist church, for instance, we don't have that emphasis. And so some of what Jesus says may be a little foreign to you. And so the question that comes to my mind is, what is fasting? Why did they do it? Did Jesus do it? And should we do it? Now, I want to answer those four questions just at the outset in that order. The first question is, what is fasting? Well, very simply put, fasting is giving something up for a certain time. As it was classically practiced, uh, fasting was giving up all food for a certain amount of time. Now, in Jesus' day, fasting was, was very common. They had one day uh, of the year that God said everybody should fast, and that was the Day of Atonement, and that was the, the National Day of Repentance. And so on that day, God said, this is the day, and the wording that the Bible uses is, they should afflict their souls. That was the only time that God commanded, but the Jews, they kind of went above and beyond. And so there were also four times during the year that they, uh, they would fast to commemorate some calamity that had happened on a national scale, such as the capture of Jerusalem and the burning of the temple. Also, people could fast any time they wanted. Now, the, the Pharisees, they were kind of like the religious overachievers. And so what they did was they practiced fasting very often. They, fa- they, they fasted two times a week. Two times a week, in addition to the four that everybody did, and in addition to that once a year that God had commanded. At least two times a week they were fasting. Some of them even went beyond that. 
So what is the point of fasting? Well, one reason the people fasted was uh, it was a sign of mourning, that they were suffering grief. And when you think about it, that, that really makes sense, doesn't it? Because if you've ever experienced a deep grief, or maybe you've been around somebody that's gone through some kind of a tragedy, the last thing most people want to do when they're going through a deep, deep grief is to eat. And so uh, that, that was one reason that people would fast. They didn't have an appetite, so they would abstain from food. Uh, and it could be grief for any number of things. It could be grief about some kind of a loss. It could be grief over sin. Uh, another reason people fasted was to subject the flesh to the Spirit. They would subject the flesh to the Spirit. In other words, uh, when somebody fasts, they're practicing self-discipline. And they're showing their body, so to speak, who's boss. They're, they're reining in their physical appetites, and, and they're saying, you know what, I know that I really want this, but I'm going to choose not to have it. That's, one, that's the second reason. A third reason is found in Psalm 35:13, and that is that fasting is to humble us. It's to humble us. Psalm 35:13 says, among other things, I humbled my soul with fasting. So the point of fasting has never been just to do it. It's never been to abuse the body in some way. As it's done correctly, it's, it's not to get the kudos of men, but rather there's a spiritual aspect as well. So if, if fasting was everywhere whenever Jesus was walking the earth, did he do it? Did Jesus fast? And the answer to that is yes. Um, the Bible presents us as, as uh, giving us a picture of Jesus perfectly fulfilling the law of God. The law of God said once, once a year, everybody should fast. And so we know that he did that. But also after his baptism, when he was tempted in the wilderness, the Bible says he was 40 days without food. That's a fast. And so the last question is, should we fast? And the answer to that, look at verse 16, is yes. What does he say in verse 16? He says, whenever you fast. Whenever you fast. Now this is just like almsgiving and prayer in verses 2 and 7 respectively. Jesus does not command us to do it. Jesus does not build a case for it. He doesn't say, you know what? Um, when you hear your pastor preach on fasting, maybe you should consider doing it. That's not what he says. He assumes that we're going to be doing it. Why? Because it's a good thing to do. Now, it, it seems like not eating is pretty simple. That's what a fast is, not eating or abstaining from something. And, and, and it would look like that would be pretty hard to mess up. But there actually is a wrong way to fast. And if you'll notice what Jesus says in verse 16, he says, whenever you fast, don't draw attention to yourself. Don't draw attention to yourself. Verse 16 says that the people who were doing this, they put on a gloomy face and they neglected their appearance so they would be noticed by men. Now the way they drew attention to themselves was different than how we would do it today because there's a big cultural difference. But the wording that Jesus uses here when he says, don't put on a gloomy face, in the Greek it literally means they disfigured themselves. And so what the Pharisees would do is they would go around and they would make a big scene and act like they were in deep contrition and mourning. So one thing they would do is, is that they wouldn't comb their hair. I heard somebody just today talking about how their kid didn't have their hair combed and how it's real embarrassing. People back then, whenever they were going through this fast, they wouldn't take care of their appearance. They wouldn't comb their hair. Uh, they wouldn't put oil on themselves. Now, none of us here probably put oil on themselves, right? Uh, maybe, maybe you do. Uh, 
But Terrell and I can actually identify with this a little bit because Jesse's skin is extremely dry. And part of that's a, a cultural thing. But especially during times of uh, when, when there's no humidity like, um, like wintertime, man, you have to keep her lotioned up a lot. And, and we do that anyway. We, we have to lotion her every night and stuff. And so in the Middle East, of course, it's very dry. And what they would do is they would put oil on themselves every day as much as they as often as they could, and that would help keep their skin um, soft and not dried out and things like that. And so they would not do that. Now with Jesse, if um, if her skin is not properly moisturized during those dry times, she looks real ashy. She gets well almost like a, a grayish look because the the dead skin it's very visible. And so they would have something kind of like that go on. On top of that. Uh, the Pharisees would put ashes on themselves. Now, as you read in the Old Testament, that was one of the signs of, of mourning, of repentance. They would sit in sackcloth and ashes. And so these Pharisees, they would take these ashes and put them on their head. And the sackcloth was kind of like burlap, only it was like a jet black. So here you have these people, at least two times a week, who are all decked out in black instead of their normal clothes. They had ashes on their heads, and you can imagine in the hot climate, be sweating and there's you know probably streaking on their face. They've not combed their hair. They've not put oil on. I mean, they just looked terrible. So imagine a Pharisee is walking in the store. They're walking into you know New Testament Walmart and they're standing in line and, and their their friend sees them and they get in the same line as they're waiting in the checkout and they say, "Man, you look awful." You know, you have friends like they can tell you that, right? And they say, "Man, you look terrible. What is wrong with you?" And inwardly, what's the Pharisee saying? Good, that's the look I was going for today. He say, well, I'm fasting again. And if they've been in church, and, and you probably have come across this person in church, whenever they talk to you about something, they can give you the look that says, and why aren't you doing it, right? And, and, and no doubt these Pharisees, they were some of the first ones. They said, well, I'm fasting again. And then they give you the look that says, and why aren't you doing it? Okay, that's what they were doing it. They, they, they were doing this to get the attention of man. And the reason they were doing this is because they had to have their ego stroke. They were doing it to impress people. And just like these other things, when you do something, even if it's a good deed, even if it's a religious act of some sort, if you're doing it for man's attention, Jesus says, you've gotten your reward in full. When somebody thinks to themselves, boy, I feel awfully bad. I, I wish I was more like that. That's all you get. Now, this truth is pretty straightforward. It needs very little comment. There's more application than anything else. So what's the application? Well, one thing is it's good to fast. It's good to fast. Now, maybe it's with food. Maybe it's with something else. Some people have a physical condition that maybe going a time without food is not healthy for them. Maybe instead of fasting from all food, you, you fast from certain foods. Now, I'm not going to say maybe fast from chocolate because that would be tough, right? But fast from that thing that you like the most. Maybe it's chocolate, maybe it's apple pie, maybe whatever it is. Fast from certain things. You say, well, Pastor, I, I just can't do that. I need to work in baby steps. I can't go from even certain foods. Well, maybe you need to fast from a certain thing for a time. Maybe TV. Maybe it, social media. Maybe your cell phone. That's kind of that's, that's holding close to the corn, isn't it? 
Because what happens many times is, is we'll have things that are just an every once in a while thing. And it's an indulgence. And it's okay to have an indulgence every once in a while. And it's a, it's a real treat. But pretty soon, maybe our finances change, what, our situation changes, whatever it is. And it starts happening more often. And then we, it happens more and more often. And then pretty soon we get into something that once was just an indulgence, now it's become a necessity in our mind. Let me give an example. This is just a silly example, but it'll show you what I'm talking about. Who here has ever spent 30 minutes looking for a TV remote instead of just changing the channel? I have. Man, I have used to, used to, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I remember I was the remote. You know, Mom or Dad said, change the channel to channel 3. I mean, we only had three of them to begin with, so it wasn't too tough. But you got up, you turned the knob, and you went to sit back down. You know, back in the day, guys, they had knobs, they didn't have buttons. And you have to turn the knob. I was the remote. But now, I mean, the TV doesn't sit from here to that wall. And I want to change the channel. I'll spend an hour moving the chairs, pulling the cushions out. Where in the world's that remote? You know, I'm, I'm looking at that. Jesse, do you do something with that? Scarlett, do you do something with that? And did I do something with that? And, and we're looking everywhere. I we tear the whole house apart looking for a silly remote. And sometimes it's by the TV. Sometimes it's in the chair. You know, whatever it is. That, those things that were once a convenience to us have become a necessity to us. And then what happens, and, and it doesn't just apply to TV remotes, it's, there's a lot of stuff. And so then when we're, we get so tied to those necessities, if we can't have them, that it's just terrible pain, right? Oh, what am I going to do? I might have to turn the TV off and not watch it or just watch this show over and over and over again. I, whatever it is. It's terrible. But you know what? If we fast from those things, it helps keep a, a perspective about what's truly a need and what's truly a desire. Now, a second application of this is that we should not fast for notoriety's sake. Now, the way that, I mean, we're not going to anoint our heads with oil, probably not going to be wearing burlap or, or putting ashes on our heads. So the way that we get attention today is different from what they did in Jesus' day, but a lot of people still do it. Sometimes we just mention it in casual conversation. Hey, what are you doing this week? Oh, nothing much. Just, you know, going to fast. Well, you're, you're kind of letting the cat out of the bag. You're, you're trying to get that notoriety. I've seen people, maybe you've seen this if you're on, on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. I've seen people announce on Facebook, I'm going to go on a fast from this for a certain amount of time. You ever seen that? I have. I've, I've actually seen a post that a, a gentleman was making about changing his appearance to show everybody that he was in a fast. Did, I, did people think that was wrong? And I've never met the man in my life. I'm friends with him on Facebook because of a, a common interest and in, in a friend of me. Anyway, that's n neither here nor there. Deep relationship. And I said, well, yeah, I think that may be a problem. Because Jesus says if you're changing your appearance to show everybody you're fasting, it's wrong. And, and he went ahead and did it anyway. But you know what? That's, that's his business. What we need to think of, whatever way it's tempting to us to let people know what we're doing, don't do that thing. Whether it's Facebook or, or, or announcing it on just in conversation, whatever it is, don't do it. Instead, Jesus says, and here's the second point, we should fast secretly. 
Fast secretly. Look at verse 17. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who sees in secret. In other words, uh, we should take evasive maneuvers. Instead of trying to look as haggard as possible, we should take care of ourselves. And again, the particulars don't necessarily carry over, but that principle does. Hide the fact that you're fasting. Comb your hair. If you're a lady that puts on makeup, most of the time don't go without makeup until people say, whew, something's wrong with her. Man, put the makeup on. Do the things that you normally do when you're not fasting. Do that when you are fasting so nobody knows what you're doing. In fact, I think Jesus goes beyond this because he, he talks about anointing our heads with oils. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9.8 says, Let your clothes be white all the time, and let not oil be lacking on your head. And the reason, and, and the context of that passage is it's a, it's a sign of joy. And, and anointing our heads with oil and stuff like that, that was not seen as being appropriate for a time of grief. And so I think part of what Jesus is saying is not only hide it, but if you're willingly choosing to fast, if you're willingly choosing to go without something, for whatever reason it is, you should do it with joy. And you say, but, but what if I have some sorrow? Maybe because of some sin in my life. Well, you know what? Even if you're fasting because of sorrow, even because of sin, don't put on like you are because that's between you and God. Otherwise, you're going to be saying, somebody's going to be saying, oh man, you look terrible. What's going on? Well, I'm fasting. Oh, why are you doing that? Because of this sin. And then they say, oh man. I deal with that too and, and, and here you are dealing with it better than me and, and now you've got their applause. Hide it. When you do that, Jesus says, God who sees what you do in secret is going to reward you. As I've said in the previous message, all these things, almsgiving, prayer, fasting, all this should be done for an audience of one. And that's God. Now this idea has a very broad application, but Jesus expands it in just three areas. But, but whatever we do, we should do it for the glory of God. Our work, our parenting, our giving, our teaching, our serving, our praying, our fasting, our compassion, our mercy, all those things should be done for God's glory. And when we do that, we'll be that salt and light that Jesus talked about in chapter 5. All of a sudden, we'll get somebody's attention. Why? Because light shines in the darkness. But listen, Christian, you need to make sure that it's light instead of heat. We do pretty good, it seems like, with blasting people with a lot of heat, but we don't let the light shine too well. But we need to live in such a way that we point to and bring glory to God and not to us. And a big part of that is how we do the things that we do, because we can't do it for the applause of man. We're not going to get paid for something twice. We'll get the applause of heaven or we'll get the applause of man. Now something else I want to highlight briefly as we close, and, and I've just mentioned this uh, more in passing than anything else. But Jesus, each time, he says that God will reward us for these things. And, and these are things we might not even consider being rewarded for. He says even if you pray, if you pray the right way, God will reward you. Now how exactly is that going to look? Well, uh, I don't know all the details. But what I do know is that's pretty cool. That God's going to reward us even for something simple like praying. Now what I have hope you've gotten out of the last few sermons is we have to pay attention to what we do and why we do it. 
And so the question is, are you doing the righteousness that Jesus talked about? Are you living a holy life? He just mentioned three things. Are you doing any of those three? Are you doing all three of them? Helping out the, the poor? Praying? Fasting? Because many times, here, especially here in America, we've gotten into this mindset that if I go to church, I've done my duty as a Christian. That's wrong. We don't go to church. We are the church. So are you coming to church and think you've done it all, or are you, just, or are you living it out at home, at work, at the store? On the interstate, that person cuts you off. Send to the stoplight at the stop side of Casey. Somebody takes your turn. Somebody's driving five mile an hour under the speed limit. Now one seventy four. Man, that drives me crazy. That's time of confession, I guess. That just really ticks me off. <laughs> and it doesn't make any sense because I know it's a speed limit, not a speed requirement. But man, it just it just bothers me. It's mainly when I can't pass him and I need to be somewhere. I don't know if you ever wrestle with that. That's what. So are you living it out there? Or are you just trying to keep it at the church? Are you living it out Monday through Saturday or is it just a Sunday faith that you have? Because if, it's, if, it's, uh, if you're not doing those things, that's the first place to start. Jesus says you need to be doing the righteousness. So are you doing it? If you are doing it, why? Are you doing it to impress people? Are you doing it because the preacher said you should? Are you doing it for man's applause, because if you are, if you're trying to impress people, you're not going to get anything from God out of the deal. You'll only be rewarded one time, by people or by Him. And so maybe you need to change what you're doing, or maybe you just need to change why you're doing what you're doing. You're doing the right things outwardly. I heard somebody say on TV just this morning, the people see what we do, but God sees why we do it. And I thought that was that was a good good insight. We need to check our motivation. We need to check our attitude. Now regarding fasting specifically, because I, I would wager to guess probably none of us have fasted any time within the last year. Maybe not, not ever. It's significant, I think. Jesus doesn't say this is how often you do it. This is how long you do it. This is what you abstain from. He doesn't give us a list of things to check off because we can do that. But basically he says, when you do it, however often that is, this is the way you need to do it. And, and maybe you need to fast from something. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's a certain food. Maybe it's some activity. Something that has tied you so to the world that, that if you had to do, a, uh, do without it, you'd feel like you were being neglected. Maybe it's time to do a fast a one-day fast, a three-day fast, a month. Whatever that is, consider that. One stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Again, this is uh, this has been geared to the Christian of life in the kingdom so to speak maybe you're not in the kingdom maybe you've never repented of your sin and today would be a great day to do that
accepted Christ to do that today. Repent of your sin and put your faith in Him. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's so easy to let the world entangle us with all these all these snares and 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 all of this stuff isn't bad. It's just we get so used to it, so tied to it that we start wanting it more than you. Forgive us for that, God, because we know that you're the highest good. And we want you more than anything else. And if we don't want you more than anything else, help us to want you more than anything else. Lord, help each of us to have that self-control that not overindulgent in any area. We live soberly and responsibly. Lord, on the other hand, help us to not be so uh, legalistic about things and withholding from, from all these good things that you've given us that we miss out on the good that you've bless us with because we know that you've given us all good things to enjoy and help us to strike that balance in there somewhere. And Lord, for that person maybe wrestling with some motivation, maybe doing the right thing, help them to make the decisions they need to. And for the person maybe who's never accepted Christ, Lord, we, we pray that you do work in their heart today. In Jesus' name.